Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. The show features interviews with entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information that can help you get past your blocks and move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. The show is available in both video and audio formats on a variety of platforms, including iTunes or Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, in the Google Play Store, on YouTube, and of course on my website at winnieanderson.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll share the show with others, and I hope you'll decide to join my courageous community. You can do that by becoming a fan of the show on my website at winnieanderson.com fans. When you do, you'll get episodes delivered right to your inbox, along with information, tips, and resources to help you consistently move forward and reach your goals. You know, we all talk about wanting to get new clients and wanting to get more clients, but what if we didn't have to? What if you actually had clients who stayed with you longer, who felt so cherished by you that they were more likely to recommend you to others? There's a study that says a 5% increase in client retention can lead to an increase in profits of between 25 and 95%. Wow. Now, of course, you've got to deliver a great service. You've got to produce a transformation that gets clients excited. But it also speaks to the relationship that you have with clients and how you can help them see and feel just how much you genuinely care for them. That's what this episode is all about. Deb Brown is a speaker, author, and consultant who specializes in working with entrepreneurs to develop relationships with their clients and create lifelong, profitable relationships with them. Listen in as Deb explains the profit in retaining more clients and serving them for a longer time period, how building relationships help you stand out, her simple three-part framework that helps you create a custom loyalty strategy that really pays off, an old-school strategy that still works and probably always will, how to leverage your time and create a strategy that works for you, simple, practical, and proven strategies that have a great payoff, how to repurpose items and add value to your relationship with clients, as always, listen all the way to the end where I'll share your reflection exercise and action step for this episode. All right, Deb, thanks so much for being with me today. I'm so excited to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be with you. You are welcome. Let, let's dive right in. So uh, this is such a fabulous topic to talk about. I love talking about client retention because so many people are, I got to get more clients, I got to get more clients. And I'm like, well, don't you have some? What, you know, what about those people, right? So let's talk about why you think this issue of maintaining client loyalty is so important and why we really need to focus more on it. Absolutely. Well, the first statistic that struck me that really got me in this direction is when I heard that 68% of clients who leave do it because they believe the business doesn't care about them. 68%. And I'm thinking, so if you just changed that and they knew that they cared about you, then you'd keep 68% more customers. That right. seems kind of huge to the bottom line. 
Um, and then, as I've studied and learned over the years, statistics tell us that clients spend more money the longer they're with you. So not only are you making more money over the long haul through repeated purchases or you know, ongoing subscription, but then they tend to invest at a higher level at months 31 through 36. So if you keep them to that three-year mark, all of a sudden, the amount they're willing to invest with you skyrockets. And if they love and are delighted by you and sticking around that long, they're probably telling their friends and colleagues. So now you're not only increasing retention and increasing the amount of money they're spending with you, but you're getting referrals, which I think every business, business owner knows is a much easier sale than, you know, finding somebody off of a Facebook ad on the internet or, you know, whatever prospecting tools right. you have. Everybody loves the referral because you make so much more money on a referral than you do anywhere else. Absolutely. And, and I think that's really what this comes down to as well. It's profitability. Mm -hmm. because I know for me, if, I think for any solo professional who does any kind of consulting or coaching, or even a creative, right, who provides some kind of, of solution, yeah. you're really learning about that client. And yeah. I don't care how much you do in the intake process, in the screening process, whatever you call it, that you're still learning about that person and you're developing that working relationship in that mm -hmm. first engagement, right? So the longer you're with somebody, your profitability really does skyrocket. Yeah. And speaking of profitability, your marketing costs are going down, right? right so right. if your marketing is going down and the, what they're investing is going up, it's just kind of a no-brainer. You're doing the happy dance here. Come right. on, right? And, and if you're doing it right, you are attracting people and working with them at this longer time who you like. Yes. So there's, it just feels better that you're spending much more time with people who make you happy. As, yes. And, and it's this, this big love fest that is also profitable for you. So, yeah. 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 It's much more fulfilling than having just these one-off things who people are in the door and out the door and you barely got to know them or see that you yeah. got results. And yeah, so it's much more fulfilling and rewarding as a professional to have those yeah. longer term, deeper relationships too. Yeah. You know, I had a, I'll call her a student. She took a, a couple of workshops with me. So I had a student who asked me once, isn't, isn't it good enough to just be good enough anymore? Mm. And I said, no, <laughs> to be honest, to be frank, no, it's not. So let's talk about that a little bit. You, you can't, I mean, that's like saying, can I just be average? And, and yeah. I don't, I mean, my, so before we got started, right, we were both grousing about banks, right? Mm -hmm. The only reason, and I went on and on about this horrible experience with, with my banks. The only reason I stay with them is because they're the only bank in town. Yeah. And I'm frankly too lazy in because I live in the Niagara Falls region. I'm too lazy to get in my car, especially in the winter, and <laughs> drive somewhere to make come on. So I yeah. that's the only reason I'm with them. So I don't know that I want people with me because I'm the only game in town. So you can talk yeah. up, can you talk a little bit about that? Why good enough? It's I don't think it's ever been good enough, but especially right. now. 
Well, and I love this concept of being the only game in town. And so anybody who's listening in on this can, because we have this worldwide web, everything's virtual these days, you are probably not the only game in town. Right. And so while that may work for the bank in your small town, <laughs> because they truly are the only game in town and they're brick and mortar, right. um, but honestly, when you come on, there's online banking. You could probably figure out something else, right, if you really wanted to. That's what I'm doing. But, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, and that's actually, that's the strategy. So, like, i got to have my money somewhere to be yep. able to move it to online. Mm -hmm. But as you see these virtual banks who are recognizing, well, these people stink, so I need to open up a yeah. couple at least brick-and-mortar places. Yeah, yeah, so get yeah. ready, bank. <laughs> and you think yeah. about if you have ever gone to any networking meeting, I can almost guarantee you've met a real estate agent, a financial planner, and probably somebody insurance. You know, like they're everywhere. So if we're thinking of a really saturated market like that or like business coaches, you, you, there's one <laughs> on every street corner, right? Everywhere you go, you're meeting those people. Right. And so what are you doing to differentiate yourself? Exactly. And it really comes down to the relationship because if somebody has a relationship with you, they feel attached and they don't want to move away. Now, Winnie, if you had a relationship with even just one teller in that branch, you would probably feel more attached to that. Like I know at my local mm -hmm. branch here, the teller took the time to memorize my name and my kids' names when because we would come in. And so now if I pull up in the drive-thru before she even sees my check, she says, hello, Deborah, how are you? Now, I don't go by Deborah. That's only my official name on banking. Yeah. But I know she knows who I am. And so yeah. and building a relationship sets you apart. And if people then are going to choose among all the real estate agents or all the coaches – but they have a relationship with you, then you're first on their list. Yeah, and I think that I think that the point to be hammered home there is you're not the only game in town. No. And, and while from an abundance standpoint and a branding standpoint, we know we're unique, you better yes. work hard at being truly differentiated. And I think there are people who were willing to say, oh, yeah, well, that's really nice, but mm, I like her. But I mean, it just, yeah. it, it, it's just a natural, we do business, it's the old adage, we, we do business with those we know, like, and trust, yes. an emphasis on that no stuff. And if yeah. you don't feel the connection, yeah, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. I, I'll give you a great example from back home. So back years ago, before we moved up here, back in Jersey, we had this, you know, when money flowed freely, um, <laughs> where, where we used to live, we had this favorite restaurant. We went every weekend, mm -hmm. every weekend, every Saturday for lunch. That's where we were. You could just bank on it. Yeah. And the food was so off the chart fabulous. Sometimes mm. my husband, who would have to drive by, would stop there on a Friday night and get takeout. Mm -hmm. We'd still go on Saturday. And then sometimes we'd come back for takeout on Saturday night. <laughs> so imagine when we would go in, you would think people would be like, yeah, right? What's the profit margin in a restaurant? Razor thin, yes. right? 
Yes. Every Saturday we would show up and it was like they, it was like they had amnesia. <laughs> no one ever said, hey, how are you? Wow. Like, oh, you're late. I was wondering if you'd come in. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, we would even look at each other like, oh, I mean, something. Something. Yeah. 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 So it really does. You, you might not think it matters. It does. People, mm -hmm. people pick up on, on that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So you put together a really simple system. Amazingly yeah. simple. Yes. To guide people and that helps um, to helps people uh, get guided through the process of creating these loyal clients. So can mm -hmm. you really share that with us? Yeah, absolutely. And I use the system a little bit loosely, the word system. I think sometimes yeah. we get so set into these blueprints and you have to do it just this way. And this is like more of a framework. I like, you know, yeah, yeah, but it does. It helps you see the way to go. So it spells out the word. Wow. We want to wow all our relationships. And right. the first W is the welcome. Those first impressions matter immensely. And whether it's a first impression with a prospect or with someone who has potential to give you referrals, the first impression is super, super important. Then the O is for ongoing outreach. And you do that a little bit differently depending on what relationship it is. If it's a prospect, ongoing outreach, we call follow-up, right? Until we make the sale. Yeah. Um, for a client, ongoing outreach looks more like, how are you just doing those little nurturing touches? Are you having a client appreciation event? Do you reward them once a year with some sort of a gift or a thank you? Um, just those little touches. And then all of it is leading to the last W, which is what's next? What is next for each of these relationships? If it's a prospect, what's next is the sale or for some of them saying, you know what, not right for me. And that's fine. But you want to get them to that decision making. And for a client, you want to be leading them to what's next, which may be the next program, the next project you have. Right. Um, most of the time, it's not a one-off. And if it is a one-off, figure out something that you can lead them to. What can be the what's next for them? Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I do like that word framework better because as I listen to you describe that, and of course it's in your fantastic book, which is in my bedroom and I don't have it to do a headshot <laughs> with right now. I'm sorry. That's right. You do it. There you go. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> Good job. Um, I, I can hear how that framework works in... I mean, yes, it's, it's being nice. I mean, that's part of what I think of. But yeah. whether you have a course, whether you have a formal coaching program, yeah. right, and if you're selling a physical product, it's a, there's, there's the whole thing of, of the stick that comes with it, right, th that helps guide the person through because yeah. people are, you know, everybody's confused, frustrated, and overwhelmed. I always tell people, if you don't know anything else about your clients, you know that. Right. And, and anything that can help them be less confused about the, what they're going to experience with mm -hmm. you is going to help them. Yeah. So it's not always giving some flashy gift, and we'll talk about that in a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Sometimes it's just caring enough to guide people through your process because, and I, I actually had a client talking about this this morning. 
He said, I overestimated or underestimated the amount of tech support that people would need. The smartest person, right, when they're stressed, they're in a hurry, they just, my brain isn't working. You've got to really literally guide them, pictures, arrows, etc. So I don't think we can ever underestimate how, how important that piece is. Yes, and I think that piece can be part of onboarding for a client. A whole exactly. outline of this is what's to expect and here's how we're going to go because I know um, sometimes I work with someone and I just think, am I in the driver's seat right now or is the business like, am I, am I supposed to be doing something or am I waiting on them? I'm just, I'm not sure what's coming next. And so helping them see that makes them feel more confident in you because they know you're on top of it. You know what's coming next yeah. and it helps them anticipate. Yeah, it does. And of course, we all know that sometimes we're selling something before, obviously, before the event, right? So sometimes it's a few weeks, sometimes it's months. I mean, I've seen really expensive high-end live events get sold six months or more before the actual event. So to, and, and I've bought things that then I never heard from the person and I'm like, am I, did I, like, am I really in that or what? Yeah. So, so Thinking about that and continuing to nurture that relationship, I always think that it's after the sale, marketing might change, but you're still marketing to them to make sure they feel good about the decision they made, right? Yes. Yeah, and that really helps with the big thing called buyer's remorse, right? We think of this like when somebody buys a big car because it's this big ticket purchase and all of a sudden they go, what have I done? Right. But it happens all the time on smaller purchases, too, on investing in programs. And you think, oh, yeah, this sounds great. And then 24 hours later, you go, why did I do that? But if you've done something as a business owner to be proactive and say, welcome, we're so glad you're here. Here's what you can expect. Then they go, okay, yeah, I did make a good decision. It's okay. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know what? I love that because you want to reemphasize who this is right for. And if somebody really does have buyer's remorse, let them go, says I. Yeah. I remember there was a person who I followed who one of his testimonials on his website was actually from a person who asked for a refund. I thought this hmm. was brilliant. Wow. Because the guy said that after he made this purchase, he realized in like 24, 36 hours later that this wasn't the right time for him to do this, that he needed to do mm -hmm. X before Y. Yeah. And he said, I asked for a refund. I got it instantly. There was no, and he, you know, he went through this little blah about how kind the person was and how mm -hmm. There really were no questions asked. I just got it. And I know that when I'm really ready, I'm going to come back. To, I thought that was a great strategy. That's huge. To yeah. use that. And, and what a great testimonial about your kindness. Yes. Yeah, I love that because all those people who are looking at it and are afraid to push the button because they're like, what if I change my mind? Now they know, oh, it's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. That he might, because we all have heard stories. Mm -hmm. of, of people who have said, oh, you get a, 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 you know, a refund right away. Yeah. And then you hear about how, well, it's only on Tuesday when the moon is full and <laughs> if we return things, you know, it, you know, oh, just it, yeah. stop it. Right. So, yeah, I thought that was a really great, great strategies. Um, so 
I know that we've all got lots of people in so many different circles that we're in. We've got these, and, and you had alluded to that, right? We've got prospects we're in conversations with. Mm -hmm. We've got people who we've somehow lost touch with, whether they're yeah. former clients or whatever, past clients, social media clients. How do we use your this WOW framework with all of these different segments? And because I know that somebody's probably thinking, hey, I post on social media, that's enough. I share, you know, stuff, but that's not enough, I think is what you're saying. Right, yeah. So there is a place, obviously, for those online things. You've got to have a presence. You need to put things on social media, but that's more kind of a hit and miss. You're not sure who's actually going to see it. Right. And we've got open rates that we can see on our email list. And I think good right now is 10 to 15%. You know, it just right. keeps going down because the online world is so noisy. Like you, there's just stuff coming at you all the time. Right. But guess what? A postcard has a 100% open rate. Like, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> and the thing of it is, you can't, if you have, you know, 10,000 followers on Twitter, you're not going to send out 10,000 postcards or greeting cards or, right. you know, whatever. You really have to narrow it down. But when you narrow it down and target who you're mailing to, they're noticing you in a much bigger way if you do something offline to complement what you're already doing online. Yeah, I, I love that. And it's, also is because uh, you know I don't know about you but I get I don't even get junk mail anymore I mean there's just so so little mail in my mailbox yeah. that when I do get something yes I handle every piece because it's mm -hmm. not very much so yeah the chances of you're actually being seen it being involved with the person yes. that you're targeting it, it's astronomical yeah and um, there's a different factor for remembering. I don't know. I'm not saying it the right way. But if you think about, do you remember the email that you opened yesterday? Uh, I don't know. I opened so many emails and I right. deleted so many. I don't know. Do you remember the post you saw on social media? Well, maybe a couple if there were, you know, something spectacular. Right. But when you have an envelope, and you hold it, and right. you rip it open, there's got sight and sound and touch involved, yep. and you pull it out, you're just interacting with it on right. such a higher level that it's remembered for longer. And because it's a physical piece, it might be something that just sits on your counter for a while because right. you're deciding what to do with it, or yep. you put it actually on the fridge, or you set it up in your office on a bulletin board because you're like, well, wasn't that nice? Well, now, the remember factor has gone way up. People are remembering you longer than they did that email that you sent last week with a terrific blog post, but nobody remembers what it said right. anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think the really great point is the way that people's consumption has changed. Mm -hmm. I don't even open my email anymore. I mean, I might go there maybe twice a day and do a quick scan and mm -hmm most people know how to reach me if they really want to reach me and they'll message me i have people who i tell everybody as soon as i meet them if you really need me you got, you got to text me if, the, if you're mm -hmm. worth enough for me to give you my phone number just text me if you want yeah. me because it's really the best way to reach me and, and 
get something actually live in my mailbox and I'm certainly going to pay more attention to you. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I really loved that was in your book, and I'm going to read this so I don't screw it up, uh, on page 107, right, <laughs> where you have suggested tactics, because of course, anything that is this specific, I adore. Um, you have specific tactics to perform daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and then annually. Please give me instructions. That's exactly what I need. <laughs> so it does mean, though, budgeting time as well as money. So let's talk about how to actually come up with a budget, because I think of this it's a combination, and of course, we are not tax professionals. Talk to your tax person. <laughs> exactly. But there's there's the marketing, there's the business, de, you know, general marketing, business mm -hmm. development, as you, as you would think of. So, how do you then start though figuring out a budget for all of this kind of stuff? Yeah. Well, if you're looking at just simply client appreciation, I have a rule of thumb to spend five to 10% of the investment that they make with you to give back to them. Okay. Um, and of course, if it's a small investment, five to 10% is not very much, but you don't need to have a big thank you for a small investment. Sometimes just a thank you note is all you need. But if it's a bigger investment, there should be a bigger reward, a bigger thank you to that person. As far as doing it as a marketing piece, really just take a look at your marketing budget. And if you're spending money on things like Facebook ads or, you know, other kinds of advertisements, um, I would just challenge people to take a piece of that, maybe even cut it in half and put half in, you know, this online digital strategy, put the other half in an offline targeted list and see which one brings you more because I'm willing to bet that what you put into that offline will far exceed what you're getting back, the ROI on yeah. online. So if you just want to test it, that would be one way to, to do it. But it really is marketing, so look at it as part of your marketing budget. I just yeah. call it relationship marketing. It's a little different kind of marketing. Yeah, I think that's a great rule of thumb to begin to use and it this strategy works whether your business is offline or online. Yeah. I have a friend back home who told me that she had some guy she replaced her some of her windows with, right? That's an expensive mm -hmm. home improvement. Yes it so is. So he sent her like a card four times a year. Right? I don't Wonderful. even know what they are. Four yeah. times a year. She said, and you know what happened? Every stinking time that guy sent me a card somehow somebody would ask about windows and I'd say, oh, you know what, call this guy. Yeah. So for the price of the card, which you can buy in bulk, and yes. the postage, which you can mm -hmm. even get a discount on when you mail in bulk, yeah. he got like tens of thousands of dollars yes. just from her. Yeah, and a lot of people would write that off because windows, once you've replaced them, you're not going to need to do them for years and years and years. But he was smart enough to know it wasn't about the sale from her as much as it was the referral from her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, and I, I just love that story because it's, you know, how hard really is this to put mm -hmm. it in your calendar and yes. to generate a mailing list, pull, print some labels and watch TV and stick the labels on. It's, yeah. So we're not talking about big effort here. No. And they're actually... 
I mean, you can get a, a subscription to send out cards. Yeah, I was going to say, if you really don't want to stick labels, you can even have somebody else do it for you, whether it's send out cards or your your 10-year-old or your niece or the neighbor kid, you know, you can somebody. find yeah, somebody to do that. Exactly, exactly. All right, so let's talk then about um, the courageous actions that are needed to, to really build a business. There are eight of them, marketing, selling, fulfilling, creating, managing, growing, leading, and last but by no means least, living. And I think that this whole subject just really speaks to every one of these. So I'd love to get your thoughts on them. So with marketing, this is really its own marketing strategy, if yeah. you will. So, you know, I'm a marketing bottom line kind of girl, and you had talked about some stats about cost effectiveness. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any, like, are there any uh, stories that you could tell? Do you have a, a particular client who you want to really highlight who tried one of these and had an outcome? Mm, yeah, I do. So um, I have a client that the story is actually in the book and names have been changed in the book, but I'm going to give you her real name today. <laughs> Don't tell. Don't tell. <laughs> Her name is Rebecca and she's a web designer and she came to me feeling a little guilty because she didn't feel complete at the end of a project. You know, website, done, move on, put all your attention on the new client. You have to. And you've had such close interaction with that client on their website and now there's nothing, crickets from you. And she felt like she hadn't really thanked them properly and she wasn't staying in touch with them. So we came up with a plan that ended, at the end of the project, she would send a thank you gift. It was not expensive, but it was very personalized. So it would really touch their heart and make them go, wow, this is so cool, even though it wasn't spending a lot of money. And still, she's got this guilt factor going on and saying, but there's all these clients that I didn't do it for. So is there a way to do it? But now they're not paying me anymore. I don't have like this big gifting budget. So we decided to do a little bit each month. She sent them out the first month and she got some of those people to call her back and say, wow, thanks for the gift and I need some new tech support, something on a website, whether it was a landing page or backend support or something. There's always something, right, yep, <laughs> with yep. online things. And so she was like, wow, wasn't that nice next month? sent out to a handful more. Guess what happened? Again, new business. Right. And she said over and over again, she was getting more in new business than the cost it was to send the gifts out. And she was paying me to do it. So it wasn't just the gifts and the postage, but it was paying someone to, to do that for her. And she was still making far more in new business yeah. than what she was investing in thanking her clients. So it, it really works. Yeah, that, that is a fantastic story and a great illustration of do the math, right? That's just right. an illustration of return on investment. So, okay, selling, right? And I think this is also a good example that you just gave because she didn't have to sell. 
she just had to be herself. And I think so many people are, they're, you're just nice anyway. This is mm -hmm. just allowing you to channel that focused kindness. So, uh, you know, our focus, of course, is on helping clients to say yes. And your book shares a great story of a woman named Lee, in the book anyway, mm -hmm. and her frustration is she was trying to get a prospect to even pay attention to her. Right. So, what do you think it is about this WOW framework that makes it easier to help people decide to buy? Yeah. Well, Winnie, I think you brought it up earlier. Know, like, and trust. We all know that that is how you make a sale. They have to know you, then they have to like you, and then they have to trust you. The kinds of things that we're doing for relationship marketing are friendly things that help people get to know you. They help people learn a little bit about you and like you as a person, just who you are. And then when they see you doing those things consistently, that builds a huge amount of trust. If you can be consistent in doing something that is not necessarily bringing you a paycheck, but it's just reaching out over and over, and that was the case with Lee, a.k.a. Liz. <laughs> um, she had actually, she's a financial planner who had somebody on her prospect list that she called 13 times over the course of a year, nothing, never got a call back. And then she sent out something silly for National Humor Month. It was a little card with a cartoon on it, and she stuck a fake mustache inside. And it wasn't even him. It was his wife that called him back. And we all know that women are the ones who drive the sales. So the wife calls back and says, I know you've been trying to get in touch with my husband when can we set up a time to talk? And it was a huge ROI for her, but it had nothing to do with financial planning. It was not here. I'm selling you the latest thing. It was just, let me be friendly. Let me be kind. Let me, yeah. you know, get to know me, get to like me, get to trust me. And then yeah. that leads to the sale. Yeah. And I don't think we can really, minimize this. I mean, it, this really is a giant issue because I really believe that nobody knows how to buy anything. You know, I mean, why do we wind up with stuff we, we never use and food we don't eat? And we, because we don't know how to buy anything. So any money that we're going to be looking for something that can help us go eeny, meeny, okay, you, I like you, you're nice. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and most of us working with somebody really is an intimate experience. Mm -hmm. The stuff I know about people because they feel compelled yeah. to really share. Yeah. And, and I like to feel it's because they, they know like, and trust me. And, and when we're helping people with their lives, their businesses, it's an intimate experience. Yeah. So to just have it end feels like, yeah, there's no pretty bow on there to wrap yeah. things up. Yeah. And to get started, like, especially something like financial planning or anything where you're going to have an intimate relationship right. with somebody, right. like you need to know they're really in there with you. They're, they're interested in you just in the sale. And this is a way to show I'm interested in you over and over again consistently. Yeah. And, and I'm observant. 
Mm-hmm. Right? I, I heard you. There's a great Seinfeld episode where it's Elaine's birthday. I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan, but you're, it's oh. Elaine's birthday. And, of course, Jerry's her best friend, and he mm-hmm. sucks at gift-giving. He just is so <laughs> oblivious and self-centered. And Kramer steals the, the whole show by bringing in this fabulous gift, and he says, people say things, and I remember. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the great reward is you know that just the the joy that that he was able to to bring her with that that with that gift just by listening so it's it's the stuff that many people i think are probably doing anyway maybe in their personal lives and this is just a way to bring more of your whole self as i think of it into the work that you do yeah this is really an awesome strategy so okay so now we're on to fulfilling right and this is is when we do the thing we do it's it's the it that we love to do so much so this is it kind of gets into the issue of time right because we all feel so pressed for time there's we've only got 24 hours in a day unfortunately and we're sleeping for some of them (laughs) so we love to do that thing that we do but you know other stuff kind of gets in our way so if we want help with the client management thing right and the the relationship building thing um what do you think is a good benchmark to use for getting deciding all right i gotta get help yeah do you think there is one or is it really a lot easier like you were saying get some high school kid to help you (laughs) yeah so well i think there are a few things one if you're feeling stretched for time i know we all are but you're really like you look at your calendar and you're like I don't know where I would fit this in. I want to do it, but I honestly, I'm just booked back to back every day, all day. Then if you don't have enough time, that's a good time to look at it. Um, And then the other thing that people always say when they come to me is feeling guilty. So if you've got this thing in the back of your head that just keeps going, I would have, I should have, I could have, I wish, you know, then if you're feeling guilty about it, you know you're missing some things and, and it's not the way you want to be. It's not the way you want to show up in your business. And so if you're having those guilty feelings that you're letting the ball drop in this area, that's probably a good clue that just get somebody to help you. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it, and, and it also may speak to pricing. You know, perhaps mm-hmm. your prices need to be adjusted so you can afford to get yeah. help. Yeah. Right? There's no, go ahead and do it. I mean, um, that's really, you're a business owner. You're not necessarily the secretary. Yes. You mean secretaries in any right. way, shape, or form. Yeah. But, <laughs> right, absolutely, because they love doing the things they do, uh-huh. and they're so good at it. Well, you're not. That's Otherwise, you'd be one. So, right. yeah, that's where we have to remember. I often have to remind myself. Hire an expert. Yeah. Right? Hire the expert because they're going to get a charge out of doing it, and you're not. You're going to get a charge out of just having it done. So, yeah, that's (laughs) that's great advice. Okay, so now (laughs) the whole creating thing, you know, uh, of course, we're great, again, at creating the, the stuff that we do, but... I can just imagine the thought that people go through the panic of, well, what in the heck am I going to send out? It's bad enough yeah. i got to dream up gifts to give other people. <laughs> in my personal life, what am I going to send to those people? I mean, we all get, okay, yes. cards, right? Blank thank you card is yes. a one. But 
how can you, you know, come up with some ideas? I like the benchmark of the amount. That's a nice mm -hmm. guide. The five yeah. Any ideas on, on how we can become more observant maybe or, or come up with some ideas, creative ideas yeah. to, to give people? Yeah, so, um, you know, a lot of what I do is maybe not even the client appreciation gift, the big gift, but just the fun things in the mail. Um, so I'm a big fan of repurposing things. And if you've already done something, just use it again. If you've written the blog post, repurpose it into a written newsletter, a printed newsletter that you can send in the mail. Because even if they're on your email list or they've seen you on social media, chances are not good that they actually read the blog post. And if they did, you could use it a year later and that it will be fresh to them. They will completely have forgotten. So just look in your archives of what you've already done. Yeah. And sometimes you've done other things like free reports, um, you know, a top 10 list, a special whatever. And those things can be printed and used to send in the mail as well. The other thing is when you're looking at creating, we talked about no like and trust factor. Think about you. Who are you? That's, you're wanting to build this with people. So, you know, throw in some personality pieces. We have all seen the annual traditional December Christmas card with the family and everything. Why not send that out to some clients too? And then they get to know about you personally. Yeah. Maybe you did something in your personal life. Maybe you're a runner or compete in something or an artist and and you can send them a little blurb about, hey, I just ran a 5K or a marathon or I painted a picture or, you know, whatever. Just share a little bit about you personally. And it doesn't have to be rocket science or detailed. And I really think a lot of times the people that we're sending this to, they don't want to know all the facts. That's why they're going to hire you. And so it's right. almost worse if you send things out that are very detailed in here's all the mortgage statistics of blah, blah, you know yeah. I, if I get that I'm just like I don't, I don't want to know what the interest rates are you know if they're going up or down I, I want you to just figure that out for me yeah yeah so. that's why I'm paying you yeah exactly. yeah and I, I think that yeah you those are really great suggestions and I know that in this interest of repurposing if you happen to go to live events right, as some of us do, and take stuff, leave behinds, I think of them as, or you know, you've got these other pieces in your sales process that maybe they've never even seen because they're online people. Mm -hmm. Send them that, and they'll, you know, that's enlightening. And, and so, yeah, and, and I think your point also is, is well taken that don't send them the encyclopedia. Yeah. Send them something that gives them a taste because you want them to talk to you. Mm -hmm. If yeah. they want more information, they'll call you. Right. right or email you or whatever. Right. <laughs> It'll probably be virtual, right? <laughs> right. Um, right? But think about the audience and who it is. So if you're sending to yeah. a prospect that's going to hire you, they want to know who you are, that they can trust you and maybe know a little bit about you personally. Right. If you're sending to a referral partner who is more kind of in the depths of the technical things, they might be more interested in the technical things. Um, I had a client who was an attorney sending information. He's a, an estate attorney sending information to financial planners. Well, they kind of want to know some of those facts and figures. They're more interested in that yeah. detailed. 
Um, but his clients, probably not so much. Yeah. The prospects want him to figure it out. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point as well. So, okay, managing is the next piece here, the next action. And it sounds to me like this is also about really managing systems and processes. So do you have a tip for managing all this? Is there a particular you know, tool that you use or you recommend? Like for the, a CRM kind of thing or what? Right. So if you have a CRM, just go with what you already know. Go with what's working right. for you. But honestly, I am pretty old school, and I'm a big fan of a spreadsheet and a calendar. <laughs> you know, just keep yeah. that spreadsheet, and you may have different tabs. You may have one that's prospects, one that's referral partners, one that's your clients. You're keeping track of who you want to do what for. Yeah. And then just blocking off the time on your calendar and putting little reminders in that like, okay, I want to send a holiday card at Valentine's Day. So in January, I want to order some Valentine's Day cards, you know, just putting those yeah. little reminders in and blocking off the time maybe once a week or once a month, depending on what the activity is and just saying these two hours every month, this is what I'm doing. And then don't ignore that automatic thing that... <laughs> I'm sure you've never done that. Gone, oh, well, I know I'm supposed to be doing this right now. That's my no. regular thing, but I got this fire to put out. I would no, never I, do that. I Go know. But, but some people might override <laughs> just because they you're busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, when I think of the good things that I do, and then I forget, and then the good things that I do, and then I forget. So it's all amount of, you know, as I'm listening to you, it, I think that really the underlying message here is do what works for you, because there, you know, this obviously, especially if you're primarily online, as we both are, mm -hmm. at some point, you just go, I can't learn one more stinking tool that they're like nine, they're so complicated, most of them, rather than I just want an address book. That's all <laughs> I want. But yeah. no, everything is, you know, and it does this and it, you know, it blends your smoothies. And so figure <laughs> out, you know, don't let anybody make you wrong. That's probably the yeah. biggest story here, right? Because we yeah. hear, we talk to our friends and they go, you use a spreadsheet? What's the matter with you? Right? And you get shamed into then yeah. spending some money on some tool that you're, that you're never going to yeah. use or learn. It's just, and then that gets in the way, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I so, will mention, you know, we can we mentioned send out cards before. That's really a CRM in itself and it will keep all your addresses. It will keep right. track of your birthdays and remind you that you need to send a birthday card and you can set up an advance campaign. So if you wanted to send a quarterly card, you could set it all up at once and it will do the work for you. So yeah. that's another way to just automate and not have to do as much yourself. Yeah, yeah, which only then maximizes your ROI even even farther. So, okay, so now we're going to kind of turn the tables on you here a little bit. So next is growing, right? And we all want to grow in that thing that we do, that we do so well and love to do and could do all day long, but we need to grow as both people and as professionals. So is there any one area that you secretly would like to grow in as a business owner? 
Yeah, so right now I'm focusing on upping my speaking game. And I've done some work in the past. I've taken courses. I've got a great signature talk. Um, but recently I was with my publisher and we did a professional video. And then, of course, you're your own worst critic when you see yourself on film. And so I'm seeing all these little things that I can tweak and do better. And so that's really what I'm working on is upping my speaking game. Excellent. And I could go on for hours a bit. And I just mentioned that today, actually, to, to my coaching group. There is just no greater gift you can give yourself than becoming a more confident and competent speaker. Mm -hmm. It just because when you know that you can give a talk anywhere, it opens up so many great opportunities for you and people know they can call on you. People know they can count on you because you'll deliver. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's a very, very wise choice. So, all right, next is leading. Yeah. Now, you know, I personally think that we, you know, to be able to really advance and build our businesses that we're leading in many ways. We're leading our clients, we want to be seen as a leader. So mm -hmm. how do you think this whole process of building these relationships, how do you think that impacts your perception or the perception others have of you, I should say, that, hey, that's a leader? Yeah. Well, I've got a good story to share for this. Um, last month, I walked into a networking event, and it was the first time I'd been at this particular group but I knew the leader from, had met him from some other groups and was well-versed in him and his wife. And I'd made quite a few connections for them that were very valuable because I'm all about building relationships and passing it on and connecting people. And so I walked in the room, sat down, and a little bit later, he brings in somebody who was new also. And sat her down next to me and said, you know what, I know I'm the leader of the group, but Deb Brown, this is who you need to be connected with. This is the person you want to be connected with because he sees me as an influencer now because I have given to him, I have connected people to him right? because I'm always meeting people, building relationships, and then connecting the right people yeah. to each other. So you get noticed when you walk into the room. You do. People want to connect with you and they want to connect others to you because you become an influencer. You do. You really do. You know, this uh, listening to you, that's such a great, great example. And oh my God, you must have felt fabulous hearing that from somebody who you respect. You know, I, I just listening to that though reminded me of way back when, when I was in corporate life, I spent probably a third of my professional career in human resources. And I was a training manager and training director and HR director. And, and I, you know, we used to do, oh God, I taught so many classes. We taught, because we were very big. I worked for a casino hotel. We were very big on promoting from within. Mm -hmm. So we would have courses. I would teach people how to, how to interview, how to write your resume, how to fill out that internal application. And, of course, there's always that whiny you know, well, that person got that job because, you know, whatever. And I said, now, the only reason you're saying that is because it wasn't you. <laughs> right? Because yeah. if it was you, 
right. you'd be like, hey, I got that job because I, I, I made a good impression because yeah. I kept in touch with that person because I helped them out because I, well, it's not you, so you're whining. So it, it really does, it applies to so much. And who, who would anybody want to give a job to or business to but somebody who's nice to them? Yeah. I don't know about you, but I don't pass many referrals on to people who are mean. That's for sure. Right? So, <laughs> again, this, like, why wouldn't you do it? Unless you're mean. And if you're mean, what are you doing listening to this show? So, I think you need to listen to something else, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, to address the mean thing. thing with um, people who are mean or even people like a business who's screwed up. Um, people not only don't want to do business with you for those reasons, but they want to protect the whole world. And so that's why right. they talk about mistakes and problems more than they do the good stuff because right. it's like, I don't want you to have to deal with what I deal, dealt with and I'm going to be the hero by protecting you. Yeah. And there's also stuff in my book about, I mean, we all make mistakes and there's ways to recover right. from that graciously and right. and make it turn it into a win all around yeah. but yeah if you're mean or you're screwing up and not delivering people will go with the extra mile to tell others how bad you are <laughs> yeah and and it's so much easier now than it used to be oh, yeah. and and yeah i think there are plenty of of surveys and things out there that show that if something does happen because crap happens a lot, especially when your business relies on technology or things yeah. like that. You sent something somebody didn't get, whatever. Mm -hmm. And if you make an effort to be nice and, and make it right, that's often all people want. You know, what yeah. you tend to, when you hear stories in, in, on online or in the paper or whatever, I wanted somebody to apologize. Mm -hmm. Even in a court. You'll hear, you know, people like the victim's family or something, they'll say, I wanted to hear they were, they were sorry, that they had some level of remorse. So, mm -hmm. yeah, going that extra mile to say, yeah, I know I screwed up and I'm really sorry and here's mm -hmm. what I'm going to do to fix it. It really does make a difference to people. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, last but by no means least is living, right? That's what we're in this yeah. business for anyway. Otherwise, we'd go get a job. So what is one of your best practices for making sure that you're actually building a life and not just building a business? Yeah, so this is a best practice I started years ago. And at the end of the day, I shut my computer. At the end of the week, I shut my computer and I don't get back on evenings and weekends. I just don't. And, you know, we all have cell phones and all the email is coming there anyways. And so I see it if there's something urgent that comes right. up. You know, I, I'm not completely clueless and unavailable. But really, the business stuff, I try to save it for Monday morning. And if you yeah. email me on Friday night, I'll get back to you Monday morning, just like any other business. Right. Just drawing those lines so that I can be more present with my family. Yeah, and amen for you, girlfriend, on that one. And I think that we all have to recognize we're not medical doctors. Right. Right. <laughs> when I was in corporate life, I remember, I'm going to age myself now, my boss, who was a beast, wanted me to wear a beeper. This is back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah. And I said, no, 
I'm not doing it because you tell me who's going to have an educational crisis, <laughs> right? Who's going to beat me and say, teach me something now. I just, I can't like, live another minute, right? It's just ridiculous. So, so we really have to recognize that we're not quite as important as we might think we are. And I think that that's a great illustration of the boundary issue as well. You know, if, if we teach people, how to treat us right so if you yeah. if they know that you're not online well and you're not online don't answer people's messages it just just because they sent them doesn't mean you have to respond so good for you yeah, exactly yeah Deb, this has been f fabulous i could go on for hours people will be happy to know we will not go on for hours so tell people in a nutshell what it is actually that you do other than, of course, write this great book, what is it that you do and how they can learn more about you and about working with you? Yeah, so I am an author, speaker, and consultant in the area of relationship marketing and building loyalty. And as a consultant, I help people develop relationship marketing plans. As a speaker, I train people on how to do that so that they can increase client retention and referrals and just bottom line, turn the relationships into more revenues for their business. And to find me online, I'm going to send you to wowpointsnow.com. And there you will have the opportunity to get a special report on how to build a loyal following. And it can outline some of these things that we've talked about today and the things you need to pay attention to. Awesome. Say that, say that domain one more time. Wow, clients now.com. Awesome. Fabulous. And of course, we will have links to that in the show notes as well as links to every place you can find Deb. I connected with her on Facebook. I know she's on YouTube, so we'll get all her, her links there for you. Great, great talking to you and uh, get her book because it's awesome. And I'll have a link to that too. Awesome. Thank you, Winnie, for having me. All right, I hope you found that interesting and helpful. Deb's a great person. If you liked this episode, please share it with your connections. Please leave a great review for it on the platform where you consumed it. And be sure to either subscribe on that specific platform, like iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, or you can subscribe to the video version on my YouTube channel. But when you subscribe on my website at winnieanderson.com fans, you'll get episodes emailed right to you each week, along with information, tips, and resources to help you come out of hiding, get your message out in a more powerful way, and achieve your business goals so you can profit from your expertise. All right, so your cocktail exercise, otherwise known as a reflection exercise, no alcohol needs to be involved, don't drink and drive, don't overindulge. All right, so your reflection exercise. It's to think about what you do now for your clients. Do they feel cherished? Do they know you're actively looking for more clients like them? Do they understand what makes a great client? When's the last time you truly showed genuine appreciation to your clients, your potential clients, and others that you want to keep close? Remember, this is really powerful for your clients and potential clients, but you can use these same kind of strategies to, to thank referral partners, colleagues who've done nice things to you, podcast uh, guests, and you can just use all kinds of strategies to connect with people and strengthen your know, like, and trust factor with them. All right, so your action step. 
like most of these, this is technically more than one step, but you get the idea. So make a list of all the people who've done nice things for you this week and send them thank you notes. Yes, handwritten thank you notes. I realize it can be hard to get people's mailing address, but you know, check out their website first and see if there's a, a contact form or some kind of mailing address there, shipping address. See if it's there. If not, reach out and hey, ask them for it. Let them know you're updating your contact list. You don't have to say, hey, I'm going to be sending you something nice and I want to make sure you get it, although you could. Don't just send them one of those cheesy automated connection requests from your CRM platform, okay? Unless you're sending something out to a cast of thousands, just send a private message. And when you send the note, thank them for something very, very specific, right? You really want to think, don't just say, hey, love ya. I mean, those keep in touch, hey, I was thinking of you, cars are, are nice, but really the most powerful thank you is always something that specifically calls out something kind that people did for you or something that was really impactful. Get in the habit of keeping a stack of postcards or thank you cards in your desk, right on your desktop if you need to, and as soon as you stop talking to somebody, send them a handwritten note. For those you do business with, as Deb suggested, you can send them a gift that's appropriate to the size of your relationship. Now, there are lots of low-cost ways to say thank you or I'm thinking of you, but plan some of them out in your calendar because you're more likely to do them then, right? You know that November, right, Thanksgiving for those of us in the state, great time to send a thank you card. Plus, not a lot of people send Thanksgiving cards, so just doing that alone will help you stand out, and it gets away from any drama around the holiday, the Christmas and uh December holidays. Uh, you can also send New Year's cards. That's what I do. Again, it gets gets me out of the whole holiday conflict and, you know, who celebrates what. Also, people get all those things for Christmas for <clears throat> and whatever that winter holiday might be. I like to send Happy New Year. It, it gets me to come into their mailbox after the deluge of other mail and packages have come by and, you know, hey, I'm thinking about you after the new year. So if you're an introverted solo professional or you're someone with introverted leanings and you're ready to get support to reach your business development goals, you'd like to do it as part of a community of like-minded and like-personality professionals, then head over to winnieanderson.com slash join the lab and join my Facebook group, the Courageous Entrepreneur Lab. Thanks for listening. And remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.